0: Hi, you're listening to On The Rocks from Why Yoga, and you've joined us for the second part of Good and Evil. Robbie, it was you and Colin who decided good and evil rather than good and bad. Is there something behind that? Is there something that you wanted to convey? Is it going to be easier for us as humans to, you know, dial down all of this positioning if we go to good and bad as opposites rather than good and evil?
1: At some point in your life, you have to take a side, pick a side, right? I believe that it's a a very interesting topic and theme for all of us, and we're thrilled by this idea that we're warriors and we're fighting for darkness or light and we're serving a big purpose. And, and I think it's, it's, it's maybe it's human nature that there's a warrior, a fighter deep down that you want to achieve, you want to fight for big things, and, and, and I think, yeah, good and evil is just simply maybe the easiest way to create this polarity or these two extremes so people can at least see, see things as they are. And of course, yeah, these names, good, evil, they're just name labels that we created also depends, of course, which language you use, because each and every word has a frequency of vibration. Maybe my mother tongue, you know, like the word evil, it doesn't sound like as shocking as maybe in English or Spanish or Italian. But you might have another word that triggers something, something deep down, something more emotional. So I think, yeah, maybe we just chose this topic to stir up some emotions, Mm -hmm. because all these emotions make us unique and emotions make us think and when you think you analyze things that work or don't work in your life in that maybe more on that more individual level and then how can i how can i really apply that maybe knowledge to a, a bigger group and if i have maybe the power the resources how can i apply that knowledge to a bigger community
0: Colin mentioned, you know, okay, so good and evil are are constructs of religion, but they're also constructs of culture, right? So I'm thinking, so as the oldie at the table, I played cowboys and Indians as a child. And oh my goodness, you know, as as a 50-something-year-old, do I want to unpack that and go, wait, actually, as a cowboy, I thought I was the good guy, but now I discovered, no, I was the bad guy and what I was doing was evil. (laughs) And then, of course, um, 1976, 1977, Star Wars arrives. And there, you know, the epic battle of good and evil that just doesn't finish. Because, you know, there are Star Wars movies this year. And and The Matrix. Um, I could go on and on. And, and actually, you know, Disney movies also used to be very good and evil. Now they're good and evil. It's complicated. It is something that we find very attractive as humanity to be able to be able to put a moral stance between you and me that makes me feel good about myself and you feel bad about yourself or maybe not because you also think you're good as we're on the language topic if we're going to use this idea should it always be as an adjective Um, rather than a noun so that, you know, so that as my friend, you would point out, you know, what I did was insensitive and maybe wrong and a bit bad, but that doesn't make me bad. A number of people I know are happy to say or to understand or to accept, yes, I'm bad. Yes, I'm faulty. Therefore, I'm not going to make the effort that's required to to become good. Does that resonate with you, Jeanette? Do you ever you have children, right? Yeah. So did you ever, did you ever say to them that they are bad or is it always something that they've done has had bad consequences or a bad effect?
2: No, I don't think I ever told them that they were, that they were bad. Oh, I wish you were my mom. (laughs) Um,
0: But that's great.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about it.
0: Let's take it away from something very personal and say, you know, at work,
2: well people make mistakes. Let's ah, say okay. so there's a word for you. Yeah. So people make mistakes. Bad. So bad bad requires intent, I think. Okay. So in order to be really bad, maybe or to be really good, there is intent required. So if you look at the law, for example, if you look at crimes which we would say are bad, okay, yeah. they are criminalized acts. There is an intent always to act. So, if often if it's just accidental, we call that negligence or something else. Yep. So, or a mistake. (laughs) Yeah. So, there's a differentiation you can make with intention when you're talking about this, you know, this topic. I think people really like drama. So uh, these yes. uh, concepts are very dramatic. And so we love that. It's like we're addi- we are, we have to admit we're addicted to drama. Yep. So we love that. Yep. And it doesn't go away, you know, even in your book, even in the Gita. it Right? It's yeah. the whole thing. Yep. And it's at the drama. end of the book or, the, yep. or at the end of the story, the big reveal is when you're going to see everything, it's not blissful, peaceful zone out, zen out sensation. It's Everything, death, destruction, beauty, decay, everything is there. Yeah. So
0: and it's all the same.
2: And it's always still happening. And you said, oh, it keeps on happening, keeps yep. on happening. Yeah. That's the nature of the world. Yep. It keeps on happening. Erica. In the yoga context, when we're talking about labels,
3: I think that's something that comes up a lot when when I'm giving class at least is, is the importance of not labeling something, the importance of not analyzing something. I know that uh, one of the things I say a lot in class is when we're taking a big breath, thinking about the thing that is taking up a lot of space for you. And I'm really careful not to label that negative or positive because it could be that you're planning you know a birthday party for someone that seems like a relatively positive thing but it's taking up a lot of space in your mind it could be you know you're struggling yep. with global events it could be that you're struggling with death and, and loss uh, it could be anything so I think I agree with that and and it's great that you don't tell your kids that they're bad because that is uh, pretty traumatic I was thinking also about your comment about Disney films and recently watching Encanto and thinking about that Uncle Bruno gentleman who was kind of cast away uh, uh, because he was showing everything he was you know forecasting the future whether that be again labeling positive or negative and how interesting that he was eventually brought back into the fold by the main character who brings him back quote unquote into the light because he is who he is and he was who he was and he's not necessarily forecasting good things or bad things he's just forecasting everything and the last thing that that triggered me was a bit about the mistakes that we make in those labels of good and bad and I recently started volunteering at the prison again, and once again, I find myself in that context of constantly trying to draw lines. Okay, this is me, and this is them, and them is this, and them is behind a cell, and them, they, these, those <laughs> have made mistakes, but then we've all made mistakes, and why did... These particular people get caught by their mistakes. Why do other people not get caught by their mistakes? Oh, this was murder. Was it murder with intent? Was it murder? Was it an accident? Was it something out of passion that will never happen again? That is what I really love about these volunteer activities that really force you to think about all the different layers, layers of gray or shades or whatever, that it's not just about these extremes, as we want to call them, good, bad or good, evil there are just so many things in between, which is what I think is difficult to reconcile with.
0: Yeah, totally. I've broken the law many times. And I won't ask any of you around the table if you have. We we make a judgment scale of that, right? Okay, but really, if we're going to apply binary good and bad, if you broke the law, that's bad. Um, Even if it was just, you know, driving... Hundred and twenty two kilometers on the motorway. That's the only bad thing I've ever done. Oh obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for laughing. Everybody knows. I'm you
1: know past.
0: <laughs> I'm 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 much more evil than that. Intent is 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 a really good thing to bring to the table and i hadn't thought of that so thank you
2: no i just was going to add one more thing about when we talk about good and evil a lot and robbie brought up different languages so i was thinking about definitions yeah usually when we talk about good we talk about morally righteous type of thing and when we talk about evil we talk about malicious wicked type of thing so there's a a lot of intent in that it's a lot of Imposition from the outside as well. And we tend to see, however, wicked things as coming from within and acting out. And we even use that word in that phrase in English, act out. Yes. So, anyway, those were some further thoughts about intent.
0: (laughs) That's very good. Colin, do you want to be good or do you want to be evil? Do you admit that you're, do you admit you're occasionally a little bit bad? I mean, I, d-
4: I think d- we all are both always, either we can't be only good and we can't be only bad.
3: Not to mention when we volunteered in the prison together, remember, and they thought that you were one of the prisoners.
4: Absolutely. I've been. In- <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny story. So am I? Do, do I want to be good or evil? I think I want to be both. Uh, i don't think it's possible to be and i, I think it life also would be boring if you would be only the good guy the good person uh-huh. It it's up our life also to come back a little bit to the previous conversation it also relate to what we said before i think this binary system good or bad is just easier for us to to navigate the world and i think it's it it's any binary system is always an easier way to make the world we we'll live in more understandable, more livable, because if we at some point accept, like you said, or like I haven't seen Encanto, or like uh, if we if we see everything for what it is, it's going to be very hard to probably to take everything at once. So we, we need at some point to put things in boxes, even though it might not be the, the smartest system, but that's just help us as a as as human to be able to interpret to to sort things out to just keep living the world and i I guess that's the reason why also we need to make those boxes evolve as as time is passing as for myself yeah as i said i'd like to keep being a little bit of both
0: okay although anyone listening to this who knows you knows that you're gonna struggle to be evil colin (laughs) But Maybe if you, we
4: come back to the intent. I think <laughs> I would you not try to be evil. You try to be evil, but you just can't do it. No, it's just, I'm not intentionally being evil. I think, and it's true that I'm trying to do good things, and and or well, I, I try to do things. I would I would not even say them good. I would try to do things that I come back to the the, the feeling of truth that that is the truth to me. Yeah, and that I believe in, and I can live, I can live with. Yeah, and yeah, and I'm I'm making mistakes. I think it. Janet is right to probably bring that that nuance in the good or evil, all the bad and evil. It's uh, it's the intent. I think we can all hope to to behave in a way that we are not intentionally trying to hurt, trying to do anything wrong, but But we all do. Yeah, and that's what makes us grow. also at the end, it's, it's thanks to those that we can think, change, evolve.
0: And in my experience, if you're absolutely sure that you're morally righteous, then usually it means that you're not. And I think the idea that we should question ourselves and and occasionally ask, am I the bad guy, will help you to perhaps live in a better way and to understand your motivations and so on. The other big problem that now occurs to me is, now that I'm understanding the binary of good and bad or good and evil is is not really useful, what do I tell the dog? Like, his whole life I've been telling good boy,
2: good boy, good boy. Can I just jump in? I wanted to say that I yeah. wanted, when you were saying to Colin, do you want to be good or evil? And I remember what you said about my children. yeah. And it reminded me that there's enormous pressure sometimes put on, at first I thought, little girls, because I yeah. have daughters, but then yeah. I, I assume also little boys, to be good. Yep. To be good. And this is a control mechanism yep. for us, a conformity. And this is the opposite of getting to your dharma, because it is to put you in a box. And I agree that we must have tools to sort ourselves out. But that is uh, dangerous. That is the dangerous edge of good yeah. and maybe evil. To yeah. label someone as evil. Like Erica was saying, okay, I'm glad you didn't tell your kids they were evil. Yeah. <laughs> Can't even and say think, that with a straight yeah, face. <laughs> and,
4: and I think you're right. The thing is that we need to be able to question those those boxes that we talked and and to, yeah, make them evolved with a time. And that's to question it, to not... Being convinced of something that we can after that impose blindly to to everything
0: so Jeanette mentioned tools, so let's go there now, Robbie, what tools are in the yoga toolbox to help us navigate or or steer away from the idea of good and bad, all of us want to improve and if we still feel we want to be good, or if we feel that we or if we occasionally feel those demonic tendencies that were written about in the Bhagavad Gita. What tools do we have in the yoga toolbox that can help us to understand these concepts
1: as well as work towards where we want to be? I'm convinced there are many, many tools. I would just maybe name one that really inspired me, touched me. And I mentioned it a few times is the or actually i think yeah, probably talked about the um the idea of the gunas the mahagunas, and it also comes up in the bhagavad gita so these gunas these great forces are yeah we can call them universal patterns or characteristics and there are three major primary aspects of the universe but these are really subtle energies frequencies that will manifest and that these forces can manifest in the physical body, they can also manifest in your mind, in your thoughts, and everything, what you see, perceive, or even in the invisible world. So what we perceive in this reality, I'm now using, again, the yogic context, are ruled by these gunas, and these gunas are like forces that they pull us to one direction, and at, yeah, sometimes you call it darkness, some sources call it light, Balance, purity, and then there's another force that creates the movement between these two forces, and and actually it's one of the systems that I really love because it's it's a you could say it's a non-binary system because at least we have three forces so and these forces are always connected so in a way it's similar to the you know the Chinese or the Taoist thinking there's this dance of the yin and yang but in the um, in the guna system there's a dance of three forces and these. Forces always create an energy that's a physical expression, can be a human body, food, a thought, a story, a movie, a book, a song. So there's always a predominant guna in in anything that you can perceive or experience in life. Mm -hmm. So as yogis, what could be useful for us to really understand how these gunas manifest, understand what they are, And also maybe just use certain labels because the human mind likes to label these forces and also understand that there's that constant movement, nothing is really static. We need all of these gunas, these forces to really experience the fullness of life and not to push aside everything just to see good as it is, bad as it is, but as yogis without really getting too much attached to being good, evil... Or anything in between just find a way if if that's your really purpose to find liberation then we also need to ideally transcend the idea that i'm a saint i'm pure i'm a yogi all these ideas i think it's it's important that we somehow transcend and transform so how can we use the practice of yoga to go beyond the gunas and how to play with these gunas if i know that i'm exposed to daily news and i'm always following the news and i'm smoking drinking coffee i'm going to invite a certain quality in my life and the way the universe works like will attract like so then will even more invite more you could say it lower vibration and then we'll create again create mental changes physical changes so you'll be ruled by one of the major gunas whereas you're maybe one someone who is going always to monasteries always meditating sitting walking a dog, you know, like you can develop some of these really satithic qualities, but even that, your mind, your small self might say that, oh, I'm a saint, I'm a yogi, I'm a pure being, and you begin to get attached attached to this idea that I'm someone special, I'm a super yogi, I'm a superhero, I'm fighting the evil. So yeah, I think it's always nice to to check how these forces manifest, because yeah. they'll confuse you. And for that, we need that. You'd say inner work, sit down, instead of going outside, sometimes choosing not to read news and just sit with yourself sit with that voice that might tell you what is true or what truly matters in this moment for you and i think if you listen to that voice then you'll be in the right place you'll be in the right moment in the right circumstance in the right city country so yeah i think it's it's important to to develop that inner work and that's basically the practice of yoga it was never really an outer practice We use the outer tools to get inside. And also, you know, like even drop this idea that there's inside, just go beyond that. And look for that if you wanna use the word liberation, freedom, enlightenment.
0: I have to say I'm very, very susceptible to that. um, I'm a saint, I'm fighting evil. I was called by God Mm -hmm. to be special. But anyone who listens to any of my podcasts will know that that's one of my things that I'm working through. So I'm not special. But I am hoping to be a tool in the hands of the ultimate reality. Let's just call it the ultimate reality so that we don't offend Colin. (laughs) Jeanette, what practices in yoga do you find help to look at these qualities in yourself we can talk about samskaras or indeed fritties. you know these these tendencies that are either from today or the tendencies that are from childhood or if you believe it and we'll leave that open from previous lives is there anything particular in yoga that you like to do that helps you address you know, looking at who you are and why you act the way you do
2: I think it's more of a global effect. Yeah. Um I would say more of a a global um effect of the yoga practice. So I can't I can't point to one particular thing or another. Yeah. But Which is
0: probably good because if you did point to one thing then some people will go okay I just need to do that. <laughs> so the global yeah that's a good
2: Okay. So what, and what I mean by the global effect is continued practice, yep. much like what Robbie was referring to just at the, what he said at the end. So that global effect, in a way that I cannot describe for you, I think does lead you to understand better your path, break you out a little bit, hopefully, of that cycle of you know, the repetitious samsara type of thing that mm-hmm. is happening.
0: Erica, I'm gonna ask you specifically, yoga teaches us some difficult principles about how we treat other people according to how we judge them as to where they might be on the on the good or bad scale or or enlightened or not enlightened and given that you you know that you do interact with people who others might see as as having done something bad if not bad themselves what does yoga tell us about how we should uh, treat one another in these situations
3: yoga has taught me that we often think of the other that we're often thinking about labeling the other labeling things that actually have more to do with ourselves and how we treat others is sometimes a better reflection about how we treat ourselves, how we get stuck on things. I'm just thinking about, for example, in a yoga class when, when we're doing half sun salutations and we'll often put our hands over our forehead and I will say something about, you know, what is it that you're thinking about? someone else, but more importantly about yourself and then drop over your mouth and what is it that you have said to someone else that might be able to help out their day in some way. But the real question for me is what is it that you could say to yourself that could help you throughout your day? So I think that we are all reflections of that in the same way that, you know, for busy judging people as bad, good, evil, et cetera, that, um, it's probably because we're thinking about that for our own selves.
0: Colin, ahimsa applies to everyone, right? If you're a yogi, you should be treating other people in a way that helps you live out ahimsa.
4: Probably on paper, yes, but after that it's also it's what is this I mean how can I say that in a nuanced way again I don't think it's don't be nuanced, a binary, just a binary answer no, but it's because sometimes being harmful will help also and being so it's not necessarily it depends what do you call being harmful again it's it's something it's like you might say the truth to somebody that's going to be not very nicely Mm -hmm. taken but you're gonna give enough insight that the person might start to reflect and eventually change it's oh tough love you mean no (laughs) it's it's just so i'm saying ultimately again we're trying to do our best in your question your original question to ruby i think like how can we improve ourselves or it's not about improving ourselves. It's doing our best. It's to me those are two different things. We don't want to improve ourselves. And one of our teacher was, was Roby was saying like we are not here to improve ourselves. We're here just to know we're perfect as we are today. And Ahimsa, it's just another tool. It's like it, you'll have you'll have to position yourself. Also, do I give priority to Ahimsa versus Satya? If in the example I give. Oh
0: well, there are many yogic treatises on that. I know, I but, can... after,
4: but if. To me, I don't want to be an iconoclast, but you have to position yourself with all those treaties, too, the same way that a religious person has to position themselves with the Bible as it was written at a certain time. You have to also give some reflection to it, and not necessarily taking what's written for a truth.
0: Right. Literalism in yoga also could be just as bad, right? So let's, you know, read Garanda Samhita or Hatha Yoga Pradipika, and you'll be doing some pretty bizarre things. And wait, we don't even have to go there, right? Because I already know that there are yoga concepts that you will never do and never explore because you find them. Well, how do you find them? Outdated. Ah, okay. If you... Okay, I can't I can't fight against that. Sutraneti might be outdated. Probably. In my exploration of the Shatkamas, what is clear is that ancient yogis, the only medicine they had was salt. So they did everything with it. So yeah, maybe outdated might be might be right. We have to close. We didn't get to talk about the devil, which is a shame because there is a human construct that personifies evil and and makes, I think, our human condition even more difficult. And also, I mean, for me, sorry, this is a hit and run. I'm going to say this and then not let you guys reply, but the devil made me do it. Or the, the concept of the devil, as I understood it as a child growing up Mormon, so the devil was very real. It actually took away from me understanding that it wasn't the devil that was in my mind telling me to do all these things. It's the nature of the mind. And not understanding that truth you know, holds you back from, um, from your yogic path. But thankfully, it didn't hold me back. We'll have uh, closing comments from everybody, but I was also reminded this week, one of the things that helped me to deal with and get back to the balanced state of mind that is going to help me to perform my own dharma. So I have a, I have a spiritual playlist of songs that aren't specifically spiritual. On this playlist is Nina Simone singing "Turn, Turn, Turn" by Pete Seeger, and the the lyrics are from the Bible, Colin. <laughs> but it just it you know it reminds us that actually all of those binaries that we know. And that we see in the world, we will experience all of them. There is a time for all of them. There is a time for birth and there is a time for death. There is a time for war and there is a time for peace. And if we spend a lot of time moping about that reality, we're going to miss living it and living out our dharma and what we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to learn. That's my closing thought. Let's just go around the table, which again gives Colin final word. Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts, Jeanette, before we close?
2: Well, I'll just uh, remark what I told my daughter earlier this week when she phoned me up on Tuesday morning, distressed. She's 22 years old. Yes. And um, I said, well, what's, you know, I I hadn't seen the news yet because I don't, I hadn't looked at a news app in, you know, six months. Yeah, she told me, and um, I said, "Oh yeah," I said, "Okay, that's pretty awful, but not a surprise." And I said, and we talked some more, and I said, "You know, the invasions are happening. It's not the first one. It's not the only one that's happening right at this very minute. So yep. what's the difference, my dear?" And uh, she said, "Well, you know, it's really close to home." And so I said, "Okay," I said, "Look, it's going to be okay." Everything's going to be okay. And I was reminded, you know, of this, all will be well, you know, of St. Julian of Norwich. I would say that in closing, that whatever is going to happen is probably, it's still going to be okay. Whatever it is, we'll get through it. We'll get through it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good message. Erica, top that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I um yeah I like that we bring it back to how we react as individuals and how we react as a community and that there have been some amazing things that have come out of this week the response from the community and how many you know people and protests there are even within Russia how many different countries have taken their time to work together and and change constitutions within hours or a country that has historically been neutral all of a sudden is not I think we've seen some impressive things that have come of that and then the last thing I think about when um, reflecting over this podcast is just the danger in labeling and how maybe labeling things as binary, good, evil, etc., that it can get us into uh, into trouble. So maybe thinking about diminishing what those labels could mean to us.
1: Robbie, maybe it's also aging. That I'm less <laughs> shattered by some of the ups and downs of my life. Of course, the, the, the current events also triggered me, but also as Janet mentioned, I still believe that the the end, if you want to use the word end, because I believe that there's no end, it's just it's just energy that we experience and perceive, the body will of course disappear, but it's all about just experiencing the fullness of this energy, and the energy wants to manifest anything and everything it can and if you want to call that evil good it's going to be there it's, that's part of the universe you just need to learn to accept it embrace it embrace all the colors the fullness of life and if you want to make a difference in life of course you know be become the best version of yourself do yoga meditate have a dog be in the sun walk in nature learn from the stars from the songs from the books be in love you know just really enjoy the fullness of life and all be fine and one day when we see that the curtains go down you see that that was a nice big game with many many millions of souls playing this game and if we know that energy cannot be destroyed then i don't think we need to worry too much
4: colin well just listening to everyone today made me realize that good and bad and good and evil has a lot to do also with our own ego and i guess yeah to maybe being a little bit more conscious of the choices we we're making just um uh, at least on my myself I, it made me think like okay maybe i could just try to be a little bit more mindful a little bit more conscious of those labels that we put on things and it also reminded me which I don't have the quote here but it might me have a quote which is by, one of by Nietzsche? Fi- It's not by nature oh. so you will be happy you'll be happy but if you give me a second I could I find do love a quote. Nietzsche. And now
0: uh, now that you've introduced me.
4: <laughs> I can try to find it. You can read it. It's the first paragraph.
0: Look again at that dot. That's here, that's home, that's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam. Thank you, Colin. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so and that's from Carl Sagan. Okay. And it's a, it's a book he wrote once he took a picture of the, of the earth. From, from when what? the, I don't remember the name of the, of the satellite that was leaving, yep. uh, leaving the galaxy and turning to the Earth to take a picture, which was a pale blue dot.
0: One thing I've learned from the young people, which I use ironically, is you know, it's complicated. And it seems that even simple things like good and evil are a little bit more complicated than we, than I imagine. I don't know about you, than I imagine. Thank you, all of you. It's really been an eye-opener. Do you want to say goodbye, Jeanette? Goodbye. Erica?
3: In my evil voice, goodbye. <laughs> In my good voice, goodbye.
0: If you can tell the difference, please let us know. <laughs> Robbie? Thank you for listening. Oh. Bye. Colin? Bye, everyone. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye.